There's no way to I like, failed no. you. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! Mario's comedy. Nerd on. What? is going on everybody welcome back to nerd on the podcast you didn't need but you deserve and where all levels of nerd are welcome Mm. i'm so excited (laughs) i'm so excited and now Mm. for something completely different but it's actually the same today we are proud to discuss the comedy troupe that have influenced comedy for over 50 years some may say revolutionized They do say that. And even now gets us through these tough times with the silliness, the absurdity. It's Monty Python are us. I am so excited about that. But before we get into all of this shenanigans, I am Josh. I am Ali. I am Tom. I'm Caitlin. Corey. And this episode is brought to you in part by the lovely, the immaculate, the sexy people of the Nerd On Nation, powered by Patreon. Patreon. Shout out to my grandma. Who's the yes. Best. <laughs> sexy and, and immaculate people of Patreon. Uh, um, like if, you don't, if you don't know already, Patreon helps us uh, so much with keeping the lights on and there's so many wonderful awesome things you get from being part of the nerd on nation one of my favorite things is having exclusive channels on our discord and also being part of our nerd on update episodes where they ask questions uh join today if you want to check that out nerdon.io backslash patreon but also if you want to check out our now free and open to everybody discord you could still be part of that community with nerdon.io backslash discord but this this, this ad read through wouldn't be complete <laughs> without mentioning our partners who help us make this sexy, sweet, smooth, Immaculate. buttery tasting <laughs> mm-hmm. audio without apogee. And as you could see through our frames, if you're watching on YouTube, you should be. Thank you doing that. These microphones, these hype mics, the ultimate podcasting microphones help <laughs> us make this show the quality that we are allowed and that Josh doesn't allowed. beat us up for. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He, if All we allowed. didn't have these, Josh would not allow us to do no. this. Like we don't have a podcast if we don't have these hype mics, mm-hmm. baby. And I recommend everyone checking them out. Um, and it tastes your other, ears like butters. Yes. And our other partners, uh, Odyssey for these headphones that we now use every like recording. There you now, go. God damn now, it. <laughs> now they smell like butter. <laughs> now it smells like butter on these, your knees. Uh, what are these, Josh? Open, open end, open, open back, open ended, open, open back headphones. Open back headphones are so awesome. They're comfortable. If you have particular um, settings for how you want your headphones to feel on you, we got you covered because we have someone in our crew too that had to make sure that these headphones felt right for us. Everyone check it out, and then you can see Ollie being like, "Yes, these are the headphones that I love." We so, also have some uh, the Mobius ones, which are really, really good. Yes. Ollie has the Mobius ones. ones. I yeah. do not, not anymore. Uh, Oh, I do. Oh, Josh got back. Long. We have to share. They they we have to share. No, that's <laughs> you can't digital three D. Yeah, they are seven channel surround sound, sound headphones. Gaming, that's they are so incredible. Um, It'll follow where you turn. That's a couple of channels. That's a couple it's of good channels. For horror games. Yeah, over yes. five. Um, anyway. And uh, that gets all of the housekeeping out of the way. Let's get on with the show. So I mean, this is. 
an R Us. Yeah, this is an yeah. R Us, and so it's more of like a a free flowing conversation, so to speak. Mm-hmm. I mean, to get a no little ratings. bit tiny bit of, I mean, Monty Python, Monty Python, known for as Corey uh, so rudely interrupt. No, I'm just kidding. One hundred percent. Monty Python revolutionized comedy. Um, not to They're say that funny. they weren't inspired by people before them, but they've done some things. Um, you know, some some just shout outs. You've got, of course, Monty Python's Flying Circus. You've got Monty mm-hmm. Python's and the Holy Grail. You've got Life of Brian, Meaning of Life, and this whole slew of other shorter and stuff some, and, something and stuff different. like that. But um, oh, Time Bandits. Time Bandits, but that's it's not technically considered a Monty Python film. But they're all in it. Of course, yeah. but it's not considered a Monty. I'm putting a I'm whole bunch of air is. quotes everywhere. Yeah, that no one can see. That no it's one not, can but see. They're all in it and it's directed oh. and written by one, but it's not. Yeah. But, um, it is. but yeah. I throw it in that category. So It's like um, if all the SNL people were in a movie, it's like, it's not a Lonely Island film. It is a Lonely Island. It is, though, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, how do we want to, how do we want to, do we want to get into Yo. like first impressions or like first experiences? Yeah. I no. can tell you right off the bat, my first experience, go ahead, Ollie. Well, I was going to say, <laughs> no, I mean, I, I'm very curious about your guys' first impressions because, and, I'll, and maybe I'll save mine for the end because, uh, or last, because, uh, I, before, uh, getting ready for this episode, I had never consumed any Monty Python. You are so oh, welcome. Wow. Uh, my the friend. only thing is uh, like part of the Holy Grail. Okay. Mm. When I was younger. Uh, All right. Um, right. Do you mind well, if I actually go first a little sure. bit? Sorry. Hey. Uh, sorry, Corey. That's fine. <laughs> the only reason I got to say love this. this just underneath where Josh is. Yeah, you're going to keep going cool. below. You're going to be the last one. So, yeah, probably um, so. I will say this with, with Monty Python, and uh, Corey knows this to a, fe- to a T, and I think Josh kind of knows it too. Like, comedy is very interesting for me. Like, I am a certain <laughs> sense of comedy. There's some yeah. things that, like, I'll go to a thing and I'll watch it, not one laugh out of me. But I'll be like, that's funny, but I don't laugh at it. Where He's like Monty, this the whole time. It's No, I'll, I'll just be like, I'll just be like R- RBF, just resting bitch face all day. I'm like, it's good. You know, it's funny. But, like, with Monty Python, like, I don't watch a lot of SNL. I don't watch, I didn't watch a lot of Mad TV. But mm-hmm. Monty Python hits me in a different way. It, and it I hits will, you in the cockles for all and this. makes you, yeah, makes you feel... Feel in, warm, in, fuzzies. In prep for this, I told I told them all. I was like, "I'm I'm a changed person now. This has changed <laughs> who I am." Yes, because wow. um, like there is a level of sketch comedy that I just like. I don't care. And then for this, like they the absurdist level of it yes. gets me every time. It's not the silliness. It it, yeah, it's it's not what they're setting up. It's just like how it just takes a violent turn and then it becomes the nth level degree of like greatness. Um, and so to answer the question of like how I got introduced to the Pythons uh, for film school, uh, I definitely watched, uh, uh, I believe it was The Meaning of Life. And mm. that plays yeah. much more to the skit world, the sketch world, um, which I didn't realize that. Um, and now for something completely different, their first film was much like that. And then I, so I kind of went backwards a little bit where I was like, and then I went straight into the Flying Circus and I watched the entire series. And then I started watching all the documentary stuff. But like, I got introduced to each member of the Pythons very differently. Like the first thing I saw Eric Idle in Casper. Like, oh, yeah, of yeah. Course. and then first time I saw yeah, John Cleese was jungle book. And so yeah. like, it, it's, it's really weird that like I had these pieces in my childhood and then I'm like, Oh, they all came from somewhere. And like, like humans do, they come from somewhere. Mm-hmm. Huh. And They're people. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So I, it's funny. Cause like, uh, I've seen the Monty Boosh, 
Oh, not Mighty the Mighty Boosh. The Mighty Boosh. The Monty Boosh. The Monty Boosh. The Mighty Boosh. And like I've seen other Adult Swim British comedy stuff. Like I've seen the original Office and stuff like that. Um, but this is to me, I'm like, okay, now I'm kind of seeing a little bit of like where the modernistic ter- like you know what you would forms love? of it came from. Faulty Towers. Yeah. Maybe. Who knows? I mean, comedy again is like a swing it's and a John swing and a miss show that Ooh. he made. Is it, Python. Tom's like, oh. After Python? Oh. Yeah. And, and I mean, he's the, the star of it. Okay. It's him running it's, a, it's a small bed and breakfast. It's okay. fantastic. Oh, I might have that, to do that. Yeah. Is there a spam? Mm. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Spam it, you spam. Spam, spam, spam. Okay, um, but that's it. That's me. Who's hey, Spam! Now you may go, Corey. <laughs> no, it's fine. <laughs> so. <laughs> go for it. No, go. Corey should go. Uh, for me, I distinctly remember the day I was introduced to Monty Python. Shout out to my dad, uh, Jolie. Oh. Uh, I was homesick from uh, from school, and he went to Blockbuster. Sorry, Josh. And he rented. This is the better rental place. He rented. Uh, he rented uh, Holy Grail and Time Bandits, which is why mm. I think I include it to this day as a as a Monty Python film. I get it. And he told me that when he was growing up, these were a couple of his favorite comedies, and so we sat in that living room when I was sick uh, and watched them back to back until he had to go pick up my sister. And then I put Holy Grail back on when he left. Um, it was such a, at the time, n- like nothing I had ever seen. Um, and I'm sure 80% of it went over my head because I was only like, I want to say like 10 or a 11. child. Oh, yeah. um, but a at child. the same time, I I understood that there was something very unique about this and very, uh, that intrigued me to just, it's these grown men who weren't afraid to be very silly and have a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, and I really, something hit that spot in me that I really, that resonated. And I went on to uh, watch Flying Circus and stuff to the point where, um, shout out to my buddy, Josh Cobia. We were in acting class together Josh uh, 1.0. in our uh yeah in our um musical theater class we used to have to do scenes we had to do famous scenes and we ended up doing the argument sketch oh my god uh, start to finish oh, two people and we kept so we would switch roles um and it was one of the most fun experiences i've had um i mean looking back on it i was like 14 i want to say and i'm sure i was just doing terrible impressions of michael palin <laughs> and graham chapman and all that kind of stuff uh, but we had so much fun doing it. And I think that's part of the appeal of Monty Python is that reenacting and saying the lines that they say in the way that they do it is so fun and so fulfilling yeah. to, to do the same voices. Cause there was, I mean, these guys were brilliant. They were very like on a very intelligent level. They were all, you know, college grads, um, from prestigious colleges and, they understood that not only was the writing have to be funny, but how you said something was funny or how you moved the was funny. And it wasn't, well, there's like yeah. a, there's like yeah. a catharsis with it. You know, it's like this, it's like those moments, like, you know, you're in a bank or whatever, and it's supposed to be all super serious. But what happened if like, you know, a knight came up to you, hit you over the head with a rubber chicken, you know, like, yeah. like, like those uh, disruptions of what you expect of the normal. Oh, a hundred percent. It's so I mean, fulfilling. I, and, and I remember seeing the parrot sketch for the first time, mm-hmm. uh, being like 14 or 15 and, 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 <laughs> I mean, to this day, it's I. I don't think I'm alone in saying I think it's one of the greatest sketch bits ever written. Yes, uh, and that yes. all is attributed to it's two people, but 
John Cleese's ability to say so serious in this scene that he's ranting and raving about being sold Death. a dead parrot. And the button is that they've got a slug. Or, I forget what it was. Is it a slug by the end of I it? I thought it was a fish. Was or, or a snail or a... No, it was, it was some kind of slimy yeah. thing. And he goes, yeah, it'll work not done. a bird. Uh, and it's just, uh, I, 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 I can't not love them for everything they've done. Yeah. Wow. Max? Uh, Caitlin? Um, um, but that's it. Caitlin. <laughs> uh, so I, kind of the same as Tom, I had seen each individual python in different things. And then I remember very distinctly getting to watch some of Holy Grail with my parents around. And when it got to the nuns. The royal <laughs> spanking. <laughs> they turned it off. Aww. And and I, I had mean, that moment. Sir Galahad doesn't want to be rescued. I'm fine. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> like we didn't even get that far. Cause yeah. like they were like, no, 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 no. This is very inappropriate. And I was like, but I want to see mom. I want to see. I want to see what it's happens. It's funny. not even about that. It's only a model. Um, and I remember being intrigued. And I don't think it was till later in life when I had seen bits and pieces of Monty Python more that I was like, oh, they're just not scared to poke fun at anything. No. They're like even a themselves. really smart British like South Park. <laughs> Um, yeah, <laughs> like, but but with a lot more um, awareness of timing. Um, not to say that South Park doesn't have awareness of timing, but theirs is like British timing. Just a yes. different. It's a different. Yeah, 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 it yeah, is yeah. a different style of humor. Different yeah. brand. Yeah. Very well, much. They were they were they were like trailblazers. They were pioneers because like a lot oh, of people yeah, didn't yeah. realize they can talk about the things they were they were talking about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and they're just they. They almost make it like an educational show, mm-hmm. in a way. They include so much history and other languages and music and all of these different variables that you would normally find in like a like a PBS show uh, in the way that they talk about it. But then they take that absurd turn. It's like, nah, but also we're going to poke fun at it too. Yeah. Um, so they're just brilliant. Like they're, they're... I've not seen it anywhere else where they can play with the numbering of how things come out. Like now that I've like entrenched myself in interviews and flying circus and Holy Grail and Life of Brian. It makes me so happy to hear you guys. so much more. It makes Um, me happy and disappointed that Josh and I weren't better friends. Yeah. About showing it to you. It's true. It's very (laughs) true. Yeah, jerks. No, you're fine. I mean, there's no way to, there's no way to like, I failed you. (laughs) (laughs) Oh no. (laughs) 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 But, but no, like the, there's that like rules of three where, you know, you, you set it up, you, you bring it up again. So it's a game and then you knock it down. Ah, But like, they're so good at playing with that. And like spinning it on its head, turning it around, turning it upside down, poking a hole through it, coming back. And you're just like, you're getting whiplash all the time yeah. of like not knowing what's coming next, but also knowing what's coming next. Like they, they make, a, they found a way to make absurdity familiar, which mm-hmm. is so cool. Like, ah, I just, I love There's, the crap They also, it. if you, I know I already gave this off, off camera. What do you call it, Tom? Our digital green screen, a green yeah, room? Our digital green room. Uh, <laughs> I uh, I said this off. Uh, there's a podcast called Off Off Camera with Sam Jones and Eric Idle's on there, and he talked about how they were actually split into pairs for writing partners. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. I think it was John Cleese and Chapman, or or it was John Cleese and Michael Palin, and uh, you know they would all bring their sketches in to read, and and they would read it and be like, I think this is you know there wasn't a lot of them telling you like 
I, you need to change this. There was a lot of trust. There yeah. was a, here's how I would do it. Give you that information and go. And then Eric Idle being the youngest one, he's like, I usually would make the changes, but uh, you know, his, his, his brilliance was, was songwriting and no one ever stepped on his feet for that, which was really cool. The there was a lot of respect it, within the group. Great. It was definitely Cleese, I think, and Chapman. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Because uh, he took care of him a lot. Yeah. And I know Cleese was like the, they, everyone kind of looked at him, to him he as was, the, the A lot of people guy. say yeah, he was kind of like the star. He was, the, he, was, he, was, he was the leader of it. But yeah. uh, I think Cleese would say that Graham kind of was in a sense as well. Um, yeah. But yeah. I got that impression too. There was a beautiful marriage between all these different types of comedy too. Yeah. Like they weren't, they all didn't have the same strengths well, in a good way. What was it? I think Idol was really good at like trying to mesh things together. So they'd have sketch, sketches and they'd have episodes and they'd be like, we have to follow the comedy. And I think he used this with like, uh, with the Holy Grail and he would rearrange where the sketches would go. Yeah. Um, and that was kind of his skill where like, oh, storyboarding a little yeah, bit. Yeah. Can't wake up with the writings. Like, this sketch should go play after this part, but then they all got seamed together by like Terry Gilliam mm-hmm. with his animation. So. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was just, it's, it's, there's, it's one of those things that there's never been anything like it since. Um, mm-hmm. I yeah. mentioned this before, like the closest is Eddie Izzard, who yeah. they all refer to as the lost Python anyway, um, which is like, I think that's the cool. I still to this day, like I've it's, known that uh, for years and years. I think it's the coolest thing. And I, I know he death. thinks it as well. Keiko Death. Um, Keiko Death. T and Keiko uh, Death. But there's, there's just so many, like, I can't put my finger on what it is, but I've said this before. Like, they've made biopics about people who, much like Marilyn Monroe or, or Fred Rogers and stuff like that, where the story is all there, but you can never really capture what those people had. There's always that element missing to these people who are larger in life. And I think that's kind of the the piece de resistance of what all these other sketch comedies are, are missing is that um, they don't have these specific people. And that's, you know, the comedy was there, but yeah. these specific people made it work. It's kind I of like the only way the, to do a biopic. Yeah. Oh, sir. Oh, I, go ahead. I was going to say that it's kind of like they're the perfect, like, if you have a team, a raid team, like they have the perfect, like they've got their, <laughs> yeah, they do. They've they're got their, so like, well they totally this person do. is really yeah. good at this, Six this, so, this, yeah. this, this, this. And oh, they're like, oh, we're doing this. I was going to say the, uh, I think what you're saying, Corey, is that the perfect biopic would probably be Eddie Izzard playing all of the pythons in one film. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's what they would do, right? They, in all their films, they'd all just play set random you characters. Just it's amazing. Awoken yeah. something, and Corey just woke up. I'm in, but. Yes. But I. And call it the final python. I saw <gasps> Eddie Izzard live last year, and he said that he was going to be running for parliament. Yeah, he is. Oh, what? That's awesome. Yeah. 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 Um, I think he talked about it on the Joe Rogan podcast. Ali, did you go? Uh, oh we we'll do, we so do an me, Eddie Izzard episode because I got a lot of fun facts about that guy. I, I want to, I, I need to see more Eddie Izzard, is what I'm finding out. Yes, you I'll do. Send it to you. Uh, There's yes, a documentary. Including the original Office. I, haven't, I still haven't watched through that whole series. There was <sighs> a documentary following one of his world tours, and he wanted to challenge himself to do stand up in four different languages. Mm. So he learned his routine in Spanish, German, French, and English. Yeah, and wow. it was it you know a lot of failure because it doesn't always translate the way you want it to. Uh, but he's he's that's why I think he's up there in that category of Python. He's just that's as smart. also how and he could test jokes. 
Like, yeah. if it wasn't as funny in mm. another language, then it would make him analyze it in English, too. So. Like, why isn't this working? Um, anyway, you, back you to hear, Monty Python. You hear some things like that, and then you're just like, I was proud of myself for doing my laundry yesterday. Yeah, I put on yeah, pants today. You don't ask people how do they do so much. You ask yourself how do you do so little. Yeah. Mm. Uh, well, I mean, that, that brings up a good point. That's actually a perfect sig, sig you to, to my sort of experience. And uh, I mean, you know, Tom isn't wrong when he refers to me as sort of like stuck under the uh, debt, under the, uh, I almost said destiny, which is also true. The Disney, <laughs> the stuck under the distant, the Disney rock that I'm trying to Disney. pry myself <laughs> through uh, the Disney rock that I'm trying to get myself <laughs> past and, and explore more. And I'm so heartbroken. Better things. I had a better, I had a bittersweet. Hey I had a bittersweet experience through this whole thing because I'm really sad that I went through all my, I have my to entire say that life it was not so having heartwarming seen. getting texts from you going, oh, oh my gosh, that one sketch, <laughs> like this thing, but that, uh, it was... It was so excited, yeah. Anytime, he, any like, y'all. I was just like a kid in a candy store through, after the first like few episodes when I was just like locked in and, and I was just like in it. Yeah. And and then watching all those sketches and just seeing their like work throughout time and like I haven't seen all of I could only pick pieces from seasons three or series three and four or whatever. I need to go back and like watch every sketch because I, I really want to. Yeah. <laughs> do you have a, I, I can't get enough of like their which, comedy and which is it's interesting because the only thing my only context and you're going to everybody's going to like shout at me through the podcast or whatever. But you're like fine. my but only context for John Cleese is is freaking Bond. Like James Bond, oh. like oh. or oh, he was Q. That that was yeah. my only reference oh. for for oh, John Cleese. So yeah. that gives you some idea of of how sort of like you know Virgin or whatever I was going into this with. Not only that, but also British comedy. I haven't really seen a ton of like British comedy series. <gasps> really, um, like, yeah. but I oh, love just think of American ones. But it's smarter. Watch Faulty Towers. Now. The only thing I can compare Space, it to is I Hitchhiker's Crab. Guide to the Galaxy. Like yeah, uh, which is another Again, yeah, American is smarter. Faulty Towers. <laughs> Is right up your alley. Um, what, the experience also, of like, sorry, I was gonna say, which is also interesting because I'm assuming you watched some Flying Circus off Netflix, right? All of it, yeah. Um, the way Netflix has it, like it's that, not. I it. think in the right order. Or all of what I've watched was on Netflix. Probably not. Netflix it's, isn't known to do that. Yeah, it's definitely not in the right order because I was watching oh, really? the the documentary of the the lawyers cut, and they're showing like, oh, this is from the movie. I was like. I saw that in, in Flying Circus. Why the fuck is in the what the fuck? Oh, I and it, like it made me really upset. I'm like, shit! I'm watching it in the wrong way. So, but it's well, still regardless. It, it was yeah. cool to, just, it's to a, watch it's a that. About sketches though, is that? And it was it was my first like it was my first exposure to people like Eric Idle and um, Graham Chapman that I still have to like look on my notes to get their names because like I want to I want to feel like I've known them forever already, you know and and. And Did you watch a, having which, that going into sorry, the go movies that that was like going into the movies. I was like, cause I saw like, a, like parts of Holy Grail. But then when I went in, I was like the first frame when you see all your, all the people that you're recognizing from the show, it, it gives you like a whole different level of satisfaction. Oh, when you're yeah. watching these. Like oh, the yeah. instant, like when you see them in life of Brian starts, like, you're you're just like, like <laughs> there they are. this is going to be amazing. And then you see them like even in mind and Python and stuff like, you know, of course, they have to play so many different roles, and, you, and, you, oh, yeah. and it's kind of fun to see like what they do with each of the different roles, and what, what, what you don't, you're like, which actor is going to be playing this when they pop up, and it's 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 a really cool experience to go through it, having seen Flying Circus. So if you have, this is my PSA: if you have a Netflix account and you haven't seen Flying Circus, you're you're not getting your your Netflix money worth. <laughs> wow, as, as far wow. as I'm concerned at this point, like, didn't know an ad was going to get popped to hear all these. Wow. You need to go watch at least. 
Josh. At least like the first season, which I think wow. is my favorite season. Uh, Vindication! <laughs> wow. The apocalypse is now. Uh, wow. Is there, oh, Ali, if I may, if I may yeah. ask, um, is there any, you were talking about, you know, the different series and sketches that you picked out. Is there any one that stood out to you as, as a personal favorite or like top five sketches we, that, that we really stuck in, with we, you? We can, we can talk about I have a couple. But we can, yeah. can we want to say that a for a second? A, a segment? Oh. Sure, I just wanted one for now. One is, I'll give you the lumberjack sketch. And that's because I thought it was how ingenious that they that they just stitched the two sketches together so seamlessly and effortlessly. And like the stitching was funny. Yeah. And then like when we get to the, the like third section of it, it's just like it's brilliant. Yeah. Dope. Josh. Yeah. Um, I like uh, like Corey. I, I like remember the moment. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I remember the night. Uh, I remember wow. the setting. Um, there was rose I remember who I was. I, I remember who I was with. Candles. Yes. I remember who I was. I remember who I was. I was Josh. I don't remember my age. Um, I just remember that I was at my best friend Josh's house. And Josh they, two, two Joshes for the Josh price of one. Yeah. Um, the price of fun. And was his name Josh Cobia? No. <laughs> okay. Um, and they were like, we're going to put on this movie. And so my very first experience of Monty Python was Meaning of Life, which is a very Whoa. strange uh, welcoming yeah. into Monty Python. And question, why is that a strange one? Because it's one of their later ones. It's one of their later okay. ones. And it's more, it's more of just a collection of sketches. And it's I was more saying, like, like, why, why, because that you and I have the same experience, and I think that being our first one's like, the, are, why are we strange now? Uh, it's, <laughs> it's also not that it's strange, it's just, I'd say a majority of people's entryway into this movie is, or into this um, group is Holy Grail, just yeah. because it's such a pop culture phenomenon. Yeah, I knew it yeah. was super popular when, yeah. Yeah. But go ahead, Josh. Um, but I just remember in that moment and after watching it, like, the sounds kind of hyperbolic, but I felt changed. Like there was something about Not it that it was the type of humor. It was, mm -hmm. and and to be perfectly, completely blunt, my life at that time, uh, shout out, uh, there was some stuff in my life. And seeing humor in darkness and having a bright side to things and that kind of thing changed me. And oh, it sure. made, so my sense of humor is very, very much based on Monty Python. Uh, it's absurdist sometimes. Like I would welcome it. Like if we if we ever did stuff where we ended an episode where somebody going no 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 more like just like a like just an abrupt end or stuff like that. Oh Subverting yeah, general expectations. Yeah, like no more silliness. Uh, it just and so the like moving on like for the rest of my life like there was a time in my life where it's all I watched, it's all I listened to. Um, and it really just, it helped me. Like it, we did a, we did an episode for our Patreon, uh, uh, the Nerd on Nation, where we talked about our comforts. And at one point in my life, that's all I did was when I needed comforting, I watched or listened to Monty Python. Oh, listening. Now I can see why. The final ripoff? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. They, Great they, CD. They have a wonderful CD. It's just called Monty Python Sings. And it's more of like a greatest hits almost. And I had that fucker on loop on repeat <laughs> on my cd in my car and my Walkman, i didn't bro. give a shit i just listened to it over and over again and it just i feel like i'm gonna cry it, it uh it just it means so much to me like this humor this it, it it saved you 
It, yeah. sa- it saved me because it, the, the other part about it was they were so fucking smart. Yeah. That's what the, I was, I was a kid that committed a lot to my homework and school. And I also loved theater. And so fucking having nerd. these guys that yeah. have these really high educations, but are so fucking funny. And then I think it's, that's one, in my opinion, I think that's one of the reasons why they are so funny. Because they are so smart that they can look at life and they can be analytical about it and just flip it on its head. And yeah. mm-hmm. well, like the sketch where uh, it's the it's the game show and they have the two historic. I think it's like someone like Genghis Khan or something like that, and he just keeps asking him questions about soccer and cricket. Oh yeah, and they don't no, know they, how they to have like they have like Hitler and Mussolini and all these other like, yeah yeah yeah. Despots. Oh, yes. Like what was the score and it's of like last pop week's culture? Movie? Like and what's this yeah. and, like? Um, well, like, of course they don't know. Nobody? Why would they know? Nobody? I think, um, I think they're I mean, starting to get into, uh, unless you have more. Well, I was just going to like some personal experiences. Like for me, like uh, in acting school, a friend and I did a parrot sketch, which is so much fun because it is, it's a delivery. Like it would not be funny if you didn't go, it's an ex parrot. Like it's just like you, yeah. there's an inflection. There's like, and then um, I'm trying to get a hold to of this. And at the time of this recording, um, in high school for my senior project, I was in AP English. And once you do the AP exam, it's like wasted time. So the teacher said, you have a project, make a video or do whatever you want to do. And my friends and I, who were also um, into Python, uh, we created a this absurdist movie that was called Hectocotylus. Hectocotylus is the reproductive organs of a octopus. Why we called it that, I, we don't really need to know why. What are the uh, And it was just a string of sketches that we had written uh, based on what we had read that year. And trying to get a hold of it, uh, we, the, my friend's like, I think I have an RCA to USB oh, adapter. Wow. Uh, it's on VHS. It's, yeah. Was this recorded in the 70s, Josh? <laughs> Excuse me. It was 2004. Sir, um, oh, oh yeah, okay, all but right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When you were in like your f- master degree, <laughs> yes, sir. One, yes. one other thing I wanted to point out real quick before we get into more specifics is like because I have seen things like Mad TV and SNL, but you mm-hmm. never. It, it's it's hard not to draw those parallels, even though it's it's like a different style of humor. But it's like I'm thinking about like you know uh, the fruit, actually the fruit sketch in How to defend oh, yourself the, the from both from SNL. And yeah. from oh, Monty Python, yeah. SNL has something kind of similar, where they're I think they're folding it, folding the fruit or something like that. Oh, interesting. Remember what oh. it is. But like, oh. it's that makes me like physically uncomfortable to think. It just about. works better. Well, I'm glad I asked. So much. <laughs> it just works better. Uh, I feel in Monty Python because like the just the absurdist humor I think lands a lot more, and it's interesting. Well, it, it's interesting to think about like who is influencing who. I think that brings us to uh, the next piece where we can start sharing favorite pieces of the works. And so um, the fruit one going into that, uh, who else wants to go? On? I mean, I can go on forever. So I'd like to hear from someone else. Okay. First. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to jump then. I'm going to jump. Go ahead, um, go ahead. Uh, the dumb caveman surgery stuff. <laughs> um, where it's like oh I have a headache and then it's like oh I have a headache and they just do that talk and that speak and then like it cuts to the surgery room it's like scalpel mustache hat and then immediately when the hat goes on it's hey, over it's just like and then yeah. all the dumb shit happens I was like wow wow like and that's there yeah. to me that's the thing where it's like they 
you know, you hear the phrase, you can't, you know, dip your feet back in the same river twice. They do. They, they, they do. totally <laughs> do. And I'm like, I can't believe they went from there, took it out, brought it back to another place, and they went back. I was like, wow. Yeah. So good. Yeah, they, that's the thing is they were they weren't afraid to be intelligent, but they also weren't afraid to go for the low hanging fruit either. Yeah, if they I mean, could execute it correctly. That that's the thing where like in terms of just the craft of what I really appreciate from them, they were very like, let's talk about the absurdity of like going to you know a government branch and having to get a license for something and having to get a fish license, yeah, and then like it's how absurd fish license, that, and it's like you have to have a cat license and stuff like that. And so, like, I was like, wow, they're like, again, they're trying to talk about something, but using comedy as a form, as a vessel to talk about it. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's stupid. And like, one thing I really, that struck me really bad was like, I think in that Lawyer Cut documentary series, they were talking about like, before they came out, no one could make fun of the queen or the prime minister. After that, pope. everyone felt way more comfortable about talking I about this. But they things. did. And yeah. I was like, that's cool. I mean, that's the thing where it's like, you always live in fear versus living in knowledge. If you're yeah. not able to talk about the things that you can talk about. Yeah. I mean, I'm yeah. sure they also lived in fear that they were, they, they not in fear, but they lived in the idea that we could get canceled at any time. Yeah, so BBC. Just go for it. They were but walking they on eggshells the whole time, yeah. but it was kind of like, fuck it, let's just do it. Um, I mean, yeah. I, you I, can just I, see that. And, go do that. You, listen to that interview because it's fantastic. Yeah. You can, you can see like in their episode titles and just like, you can tell they're, they're just, they're just having fun and they're just doing it because like it's and, completely unfiltered. and Yeah. A hundred percent. Favorite sketches. My favorite sketch thus far, and I don't think anything has topped it yet, was the of mice and men. Which was that one? Because Monty Python called furries and doxing so (laughs) far before it was happening. Wow! (laughs) So far before they knew about the furry parties. They, no yeah. I guarantee you they've never been to a fur convention. I can tell you that's accurate. <laughs> it's oh real accurate. Uh, that just cracked me up. Like they 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 were just being funny and absurd. And then it's like, now that happens. That's that, real. You called it about 40 years early, but that 40 happens. years too early. <laughs> 40 years too early for your time. But but the uh, absurdity is like they do such a good job of like Making something seem so there's like no way this could happen, but also it could, it could, you don't know. And then it did. So that was just like the penultimate of like, it's like the Simpsons yeah, did that it is first. Absolutely yeah. crazy, but you're you're not far off track. People, maybe are the, you ever think about it this way? Maybe In they're the, the reason those things happen. Sometimes. Yeah, the Spanish Inquisition did show up. I was going like to say, that. what if they're the reason those things exist because of that sketch? Think about it that way. Maybe they're the catalyst. They didn't the inception. Started I don't know. I feel it. like that's been a thing for it's, it's like time travel. a hot minute. Yeah. It's, it's, it's taken different shapes and everything, but uh, I, don't, I don't know. Wow. Uh, I mean, I mentioned the... Uh, Mouse in the house parties. I, I'm, is that what it was? Is, what is that? Nothing. Is that what yours <laughs> don't was Don't worry about me. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I, I love the, uh, yeah, just the, the, the fruit sketch is, is pretty classic. I mean, it's, it's sort of like, yeah. it, it does feel like it can be a little hanging free, but the whole point is that they're smarter than that. Uh, so yeah, it features there, but then they subvert that and they take it beyond. You showed him. Like, this, <laughs> no, I didn't. They're, they're all perfect in it. Like, yeah, they're all equally hilarious. They're Wouldn't arguing about not getting stick. shot. And then of course you, you know, you pull the lever and release the tiger. Yeah, that's your oh, uh, as you would, as one would. There's your Eric Idle bit, a point head yeah. stick, a point, <laughs> point head, head stick. stick. I love that, like over and over again. 
Um, well, speaking and- of getting shot, uh, the one where they're trying to hunt, was it for a mosquito? They're in the grass, and it's like a wannabe, you know, National Geographic. It's like, they've come oh. to hunt this one, blah, blah, blah. It's like a small <laughs> ant. And they just start unloading firearms on it and actually rocket launcher. I'm like, oh, it's like, Some and people you, know hunt that you know what? You know what? That came, that ended up becoming Predator, the opening act of Predator, <laughs> <laughs> where they're just shooting yeah. the jungle for no reason. Oh. Yeah. Uh, I have a lot of sketches. Um, there's stuff like, I don't know if you've ever seen the one where the two reporters are fighting over the microphone. One's trying to talk about current events. The other ones are, are arborists trying to talk about trees. Uh, and they keep wrestling the microphone away from each other and trying to continue their news segments. Uh, that one will get me every time. But my like my personal favorite, although I think the argument sketch and the parrot sketch for me are like pinnacle defining sketches of, of that genre, of their brand. There's this sketch about, um, I think it's a dirty fork or a dirty knife. Yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. 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 It's dirty, in the diner. filthy, well, ugly yeah. fork. Uh, John Cleese coming out as uh, the, chef the chef and having his headache and slamming that knife into the table and like ending on a pun and everyone boos Graham Chapman. Like it's such, it's that sketch I found later, uh, I'd say like after high school and to this day makes me laugh just as hard as when I first saw it. I also love the sketch about the kid who wants to become a a coal miner and his dad Uh says that they're a family (laughs) of writers and he has to be a playwright instead. I didn't know. That small reversal of roles, which is, you know, because it's usually like, I want to be a writer, dad. We are working the mines with your dad. I thought it was such a smart, so easy, but so smart. Like, why didn't, why didn't I think anybody do that before? Um, I Those two for me are like up there. Um, what's it? Um, and you've seen the the lawyer cut of the docu series, but mm-hmm. um, Terry Jones brings up that fork sketch um, when he was when they were doing a screening of the Holy Grail because the Holy Grail wasn't actually well received when it first came out. Yeah, and then like he's like, oh man, I think about that fork sketch and how everyone loved it, and like how can we get back to that? And, and so like, and yeah, it's the fact that I mean you you know Holy Grail wasn't well received and almost didn't get made if it weren't for. I think the George Harrison quote, because he funded the movie in the end, was he paid all this amount of money and he didn't care what it was really received. He just wanted to see it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's why he funded the movie, because he <laughs> loved Monty Python yeah. so much. The Beatles loved Monty Python, because in their hearts, they always, besides music. did, which was amazing. Yeah. Well, specifically, Oops, the Beatles stones. have talked about how they a dream of theirs was to do sketch comedy. And there's some things out there that they've done. Like there's a, uh, they do a five minute or 10 minute, um, Shakespeare and the four of them play all the characters in it wow. and so they really admired Monty Python for what they did yeah oh, um, awesome Josh um, as I was like this is one of those episodes that's really hard to prep for because you yeah. go like how do I prep for that well I'm just going to watch all there's the things there's a lot there's and a lot again watch. and there's so many sketches and there were sketches that I forgot about I mean like Corey said, I mean, Dead Parrot is always up there. Um, the How to Defend Yourself Against Fresh Fruit was always my, Josh, like, number one. What about the sketch where the guy wants to go on a safari and the guy can't say the letter C? <laughs> and he goes, oh, what a silly bunt. And it it kills me every single time. It's like, why that, don't you just say K instead of C? That um, reminds me of the um, the the one where the, tr- the newlyweds buy a mattress. 
Oh yeah. And then you can't say yes. mattress and the guy is like starts like prattling. Get a off. box and start singing and-, <laughs> and then like the manager comes like, "Did you say mattress?" He said, "Don't do mattress." And he's like, "Okay, cool." And then like after that there's like, "Oh, he doesn't say what the, what the actual dimensions are. You have to like times it by or the price of it, you have to times it by 3." It's like, "Oh, yeah. he has to divide it by 2." And it's like <laughs> It's uh, all yeah. these things. For me, but the it, like, other thing I was uh with the movie, the thing about the movies too is like as I was watching through again, I was like, wow, the, the movies, though they have a nice uh, a narrative, you could watch one scene of any oh, yeah. of their movies. Of like any of them, And it yeah. could be a sketch. And yeah. I just love Easily. that. Like one of my favorite things is in Life of Brian when the two guys <laughs> that you think that they're deaf and dumb and they're – and then the guy leaves and they're like, so anyway, I was saying like – you're like, yeah. For me, it's all about the – they gave us the aqueduct. We had yeah. the aqueduct. Yes. No. What else did they give us? The long list. Oh yeah, yeah. that's yeah. like a, that's a Roads? very current meme. Sanitation. Right yeah. Besides this, well, they brought peace. Yeah. yeah. Um, plumbing. <laughs> um, one I have to mention. I thought this was like I think this is like so. It's funny that you guys say like these are like the you know the penultimate ones. And it, again, it kind of highlights how I see comedy very differently. One of my favorite ones is Wicker Island, where. Hell on Wicked. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then they would just keep doing that. I was like, yo. And like, I think that's a Terry Jones thing because Terry Gilliam was very big on like, make the frame. He's the filmy dude. And like, I, I relate to that. But then Terry Jones is like, make the camera part of the, the comedy. I'm like, I also relate to that because that's like yeah. the horror dude. Um, And so like, everyone just coming in, popping in and out, saying one line. I was like, dude, this is. Like the blocking's phenomenal. Like, and to me, I I absolutely lo- I like love doing the Carl Sagan like billions <laughs> and billions of years billions and like just billions. that kind of like under underbite you know like smart British guy. I was like, oh my god, this is so. You cool. bring up like like the the movies are and even the show they're polished and they're like really yeah. well made. Yeah, like even like the special Extremely. effects for no budget. <laughs> the special oh, yeah. effects on Light Light Life of Brian are like pretty good. They're like. like the space yeah. stuff. And oh, like, yeah. I'm like, this is kind of funny and I get it, but like, I'm enjoying this more than like crappy CG. You know? Yeah. Like, they they smart about it. Have yeah. to go so hard on the details, but, but they, they did. did. They, they did. did. Like, they did for holy us. grill. There's a guy whacking the river with a stick. That's like all he's doing. Yeah. And then in another scene, there's like a guy stuffing a cow skull full of hay for no mm-hmm. reason. And then there's like the cat. You du- gotta dust the cat in multiple yeah, scenes. A That's a normal they're, thing they're, that they're we do here. They're dusting the rugs with a cat. Mm-hmm. I just thought they were dusting the cat. Yeah. I didn't even see the rug. Yeah, um, I mean, it's yeah. the kind but of no, comedy to, where everything matters. Like um, I yeah. liken it to well, I liken actually Mel Brooks to Monty Python. But it's like mm. if you watch a Mel Brooks movie, it's not always the what's scene; the it's what's behind the scene that is yeah. the funny part too. It's He's a, on it song, adds baby. to the. Uh, the comedy. So Monty Python, oftentimes this is going to be like, a left field shout out, but Community does that a lot. Oh yeah. Oh, I there's an entire episode where uh, Abed in the background of of all these scenes. It's a whole story of he meets this this guy and this girl who are assuming his friends in the background, and she's pregnant. And then they're in the background of another scene, and she starts going into labor. And in the background of another scene, he's like delivering the baby in the back of a car, <laughs> but it has nothing to do with what's in the front of you we're using a it, whole nother story i didn't see it till the third time around wow so it's it's i think they tore a page right out of monty python's book for that um but no uh like what Corey was saying is that like all these 
um, pythons come from like um, well educate education, but like Terry Gilliam coming from like him wanting to do like almost comic books in this magazine, and he would like take pictures and like just write comedy bits inside of it, and then like how it came to fruition with his animation stuff. Like um, I forget, I think it was Terry Gilliam's personal personal best. He like animated an opening where he was like, "All I want to do is animation. That's all I want." Like you know, he's doing a bit, <laughs> and I was like, "Wow, it's like really cool." And like then hearing how Eric Idle was like. He's got a cool coat. We need to bring him with us. Like, mm-hmm. there's no credentials yeah. at all. It's like, we got to bring well, him Well, they like, and they, you know, they went to this all boys school, Eric Idle and a few of them. And so the, there was like, they would like sneak away and go party at night. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was just this, you know, then they'd come back and be these like really well behaved English kids and then cut loose. And he's like, and I think that's kind of how Monty Python was. Our work ethic was really like, Let's get this shit done. Let's get it. Yeah, and then we would goof off on camera and make well, sh- make sure everyone was laughing. Wasn't it like it was Chat- Chapman was like the one that was like he loved to kind of like for the good of all chaos and absurdity, like do like sitting in the middle of the road and like antagonizing his like lacrosse team mm-hmm. members, I think, or something like that. Like in his younger years, and it's like it plays out in how it was like between the the troop and all that stuff in my yeah. Python. Um, I I totally would be amiss if I didn't. Remiss, remiss, whatever. Remiss? Uh, if I didn't mention the four Yorkshiremen sketch, which is the <laughs> kids today, they don't understand. We used to wake up at 10 at night, two hours before we went to bed. We'd clean like, <laughs> I don't know if you've seen that sketch, but it's definitely up there as one of my favorites. It's these four guys who are basically talking about how good the kids of today have it. And they're all trying to outdo how hard their lives were. Oh, and boy. one of them says like, you know, we used to work at the mill 12 hours a day and come home for scraps. And he goes, huh, luxury. And he's like, we used to wake up uh, and go to the mill 24 hours a day, come back, and our father would cut us in half and dance on our graves. It's like, <laughs> it's, and he goes, you try to tell the kids of today that, and they won't believe you. Huh. And it's, if, if, if I implore you, if you have not seen oh this God, sketch, go watch that one, because it's, it's, for me, it's up there with the parrot sketch and the and the yeah. uh, arguments argument sketch. One I discovered. Yorkshiremen. One I discovered on this this watch through was the um, it was the bored cat sketch. Oh yeah, the, and the they police have the, and the, the, the military. And he's like, oh, it needs to be confused, and they oh, do this right. whole crazy like dance sequence yeah. where they're and it was just Setting like a, show. On a stage show. Yeah, it was just that. But but the thing that I <laughs> I thought it was such a little thing but every time the husband went to speak the the wife would go Shh, and she would go on to explain <laughs> the <laughs> oh. um uh ollie looked like you had some um i was gonna mention um the uh, ministry of silly walks yes uh, like, yeah of it's, it's just a simple concept but it just like john cleese's and all, all of them like but just particularly john cleese is just like Michael it reminded me it reminded me of like jim carrey stuff like it's up there you know go or, and watch more the live one at the Hollywood Bowl oh, because no. the way John Cleese moves his body, obviously in the original sketch was something amazing, but in this live version at the Hollywood Bowl, it was like in the, I want to say 80s maybe, early, mm-hmm. late something 70s. Like oh, they have it my on Netflix. God, it is yeah. like, yeah, if you haven't watched the live at the Hollywood, watch the whole thing because I think a lot of their I sketches there are, are a lot better than their filmed one even. And I think that wow. makes sense because they're, they're they yeah, all come from a matured. stage background yeah. and they have an audience and the energy there. I think it's but been said it's one sense. of the best like film performances. Yeah, uh, I of, believe that. Of any time. Like it's just, it's so good that it's, 
there's, yeah, I'm I mean, there's a sketch on there called the deconstruction of comedy. Mm. I think that's the title of it. Do <laughs> you know which one I'm talking about, Josh? Mm-mm. Where I think it's Graham Chapman it's is sitting time. at a podium and it's got Terry Gilliam, Michael Palin, and uh, Terry Jones in these jumpsuits. And Terry and uh, Graham Chapman is giving this lecture on how comedy works and oh, they're acting wait. out the bits, like yes. slipping on a banana yes. and stuff like that. The but pies. the turns that these little turns <laughs> they make within this sketch are 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 from people who clearly understand comedy at such a fundamental level and they're just flexing in this one yeah. like it's the hollywood bowl version is amazing um i also recommend anyone to go watch a uh, uh, f- uh one down five to go um mm. or four to go but it's after graham yeah. had passed away and like uh they like to your point josh is like the live performance is like they have like giant like dance crew like crews like doing huge numbers i'm like Wow, the production value of this show oh, yeah. is stupid ridiculous. Um, there's one one more s- sketch I have to. I mean, again, we're gonna be kind of like just throwing out sketches all the time. Um, is the 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 picnic that like someone throws something and then like cuts off someone's hand and then oh, it just yeah. escalates and escalates <laughs> like yeah, yeah, yeah. the the piano falling on John Cleese's hands and just pulls off his hands and like all just blood and gore and mess. I'm like, wow. They went there. They went all there. Everyone died. Mm-hmm. There was no. There was no chance for peace. Like, no. <laughs> it was so good. I have a. I have a question mm-hmm. uh, for all of you, and it, it may be it's favorite Python. Yeah, they yeah. did in all of, they did so it on a, all a, of the documentaries. That was like asshole question. It's an asshole <laughs> question, but now I want to ask. I felt it. What was that, Kalen? John Cleese. John Cleese. Easy. Easy choice. answer for me. He's just. He's the epitome of the the like like the wild card behavior that is their essence. I would he I was would a straight man. That was his strength. Yeah. You need that. But he can get yeah. angry, which was really good oh, yeah. too. Yeah. He he was just oh, like his, peaks and valleys. So That's he what was his great straight man is. Yeah. 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 So he's wonderful. Uh I'm going to hop on that and say uh I that's the same for me. Uh John Cleese has always been my favorite because he is the straight man. Like when I I have often been cast as the straight man that is reacting to the chaos that is around him. And that is still funny. Um, I've always really loved watching Cleese in scenes where the other person is just ridiculous. And he is just like, the comedy is him like. Being kind of like, Like, you know. That's why he's good as Sir Lancelot. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Ollie. Blue. Okay, uh, for me, I think I think it has to be Eric Idle, just from combination of just how silly and re- ridiculous he can get, and his singing really does, I think, set him a little bit apart for me. Uh, like his song at the end of uh, Life of Brian, <laughs> always got to see the always side of life. look on the bright side of life. life. <laughs> um, <laughs> that was probably my favorite part of the movie. I think actually <laughs> it was that song at the end. So, um, Eric. Nice. Corey? No. <laughs> I got one. This is going to be out of left field. Caroline Cleveland. Okay. What? What a it's terrible <laughs> joke. <laughs> how's that, how's it's that my joke? only line. Oh, that's a... That's, <laughs> but no, no, that, I mean, to me, I, I was super, no, like, oh. kind of really um, surprised, like, and hearing her story of how, like, hey, we're going to bring you in for a couple sketches and we're going to peace out. And after she came in, they were like, oh, no, she stays. And she is every female character, sometimes men, sometimes little boys, 
every time. And like the way that she used sexuality to kind of like enhance her comedy, I was like, you never went too far. It always kind of just felt just right. I'm like, it's so good. It's so freaking good. Like <laughs> one of my favorite one of my favorite openings is just like, you know, so it always t- typically starts with it's and then something happens and then all of a sudden it'll, they'll bring in and now for something completely different. Um, yeah. They do one where it's like hot chicks on the beach and just, just do a camera pan and it just like comes through and it tracks through like one hot girl, hot girl, hot girl, hot girl, hot girl, hot girl, hot girl. Like it gets to the point where it's absurdly long. I'm like, oh my God. And then finally, John Cleese in a bikini. And now for something, <laughs> like, that's so good. It's like, ah, oh. so yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I can't, mm-hmm. I can't really say. I feel like to Josh's bullshit of like, well, the side characters are all one character. So the Monty Python is wow. all one character. <laughs> um, In my mind, I don't know. Like I can't, to they be all clear, have like such they all have moments, a, right? Like I, I really identify with Michael Palin cause he's the nice one. Yeah. Michael Palin's really, really good. Like he's mm. fish called Wanda. He's amazing. Yeah. He's super good. And you have Kevin. His deliveries are pretty genius. Yeah. Like also, you brought the lumberjack one. Like when at the very end was like, "My dear mama," and then he's just like yeah. happy chewing gum, yeah. and everyone's just like, "I thought you were so rugged," and just walks away. I was I like, he's the just like, uh, emperor, emperor. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh my Dickus, god, Brian. Dickus. It's twice. You know the story behind that. Scallion. You know the behind the scenes is that the extras were told that if they laughed, they'd get fired. Oh. And wow. so he went off script and started. So all those are genuine them trying to like stifle their their laughter, except for the I think the last. It's them two. actually getting fired on screen. Wow. Yeah. Well, they didn't. Obviously, they were just told that. I think Cleese told them that for or something like that. Yeah. Um, oh my god. And so he just went. He like leaned into it. Is it funny to you? Because wow, I I have to also bring. You can up, tell there was a decision made at some point to continue the bit on screen. Oh yeah. Uh, I have to bring up the one where. Um, is it Terry Jones? Yeah, Terry Jones comes in and John Cleese is like the bookstore clerk. No, it's Eric Idle. Which oh, no, I can't forget, but oh, it's, 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 it's pretty much um, it's pretty the much secret. the secret code, the secret <laughs> yeah, code, and it's like the dentist stuff, and then it escalates like here comes another spy, here comes another spy. Oh, and they have yeah. like a pistol, and they have like a shotgun, then they have a bazooka, and then yeah. someone and then brings the, in like a nuclear missile in the middle <laughs> of the room. I'm like, wow, they uh, really went very there. Very Looney Tunes. What about the, uh, the wink, wink, nudge, nudge, say no more. Yes, yes, wink, wink, nudge, say no more, say no more. One that I had done it. One I had completely forgotten. Nice pictures, eh? What's so you're, you're dodging answering Tom and Corey? Is that what's happening right now? You're no, dodging taking your favorite Python? Hmm? I said no. Oh, he, I won't he said that. no. That's he just said okay. refused. Right. That was just, my real just answer. Just wanted to double check. So yes, Caitlin, you're right. How do you like that? Does it feel good to be right once an episode? Kid. Yeah. No, I wasn't dodging. I'm just not doing answering. it. Answering. <laughs> because I don't. I on it like if I'm honestly 100% truthful with you, I don't have a favorite one. It's he Tarantino the question. He's like, "I refuse your hypothesis." <laughs> so he Tarantino that shit. I don't I don't think you could have any without any of them. I mean, so, there there is that it's hard. credence where like where I feel like it's like the third or fourth episode of the 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 lawyer docu series where Cleese was like, "I don't want to do another series." And then they were like, well, we can do it without them. And they tried. And then everyone was like, it's not the same. Mm-hmm. And oh, yeah. like, uh, yeah, it, it was like, and I, I think I talked about this in the digital green room, but like the cool thing was like having John Cleese and Terry Jones and Terry Gilliam being like, um, they're always in a, a, a lock. They called it, he called it like a horn lock where they would like lock up and like fight and they would have to like argue about things. And then um, Palin and Chapman would always be the ones that kind of like would weigh the sides Mm-hmm. And then when Cleese left, 
it was just pure Terry Jones all the time, unfettered, always just like you no, know, all the decisions were made. And that even played through with the Holy Grail, where like it's directed by both of them, Gilliam and Jones, yeah. and they argued like most of all production. Wow. And it's like it's interesting, like how you know the decision making does come to like a, a bit of a, a com- committee in that sense. But there are definitely two main decision leaders, and then the rest are like we will de- we'll decide based on that. Yeah, so. yeah. Um, Politics, do we want, man. Do we want to say which would be the one piece of my of Python work that we could suggest to somebody? Um, honestly, Flying Circus is a really good entry level point. Yeah, uh, but also if you want to start movies, uh, Holy Grail is Holy also Grail. very easy. Yeah. Because mo- it's pretty pop, it's pretty middle of the road uh, as far as Flying Circus goes, as far as Monty Python goes. It's the most approachable. I do think, I think I said this in text, I think Meaning of Life is a better movie as a whole, as a Monty Python movie. It, it's mm-hmm. my preferred one. But hmm. I think I have such an attachment to Holy Grail that because of how I was introduced, mm-hmm. that that's my personal favorite. No, yeah, I'll, I'll attest to that because I watched Holy Grail like way after um, Meaning of Life and it did not have the same effect on me that I saw all my peers have. Like a, a lot of my friends had the Tis Just a, But a Flesh Wound, uh, the the Killer Rabbit, all this stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, I don't get nuked. it. Because like, if that was your stepping stone into it, that's the then, thing that I'll say. Yeah. yeah. Is, that? is like, is that exactly I think where you're about to say where it's like there's a different level of appreciation I think once you've seen Flying Circus going into yeah, um, Holy Grail fair. that Holy you Grail. lose a little I think you lose a layer of that comedy almost because you grow to kind of uh, appreciate and know the nuances of the different actors so when you, you see them in the group those dynamic. different roles you're, you you kind of you're kind of playing a little game with yourself like oh what do I expect this comedy to be like coming from Eric Idle versus Chapman or whatever yeah well, and I what, think- what will it actually be you know yeah, even, and it, even then, like you see them just like escalate to like shooting in the real world, and not like you're saying like using a fucking giant screen or all that stuff to like emulate that stuff. Like, there's a funny meme what I saw where it was like, um, it was like any DC superhero movie, green screen galore, and all that stuff. And then you see Power Rangers like shoot in a goddamn quarry in the middle of a fucking ravine. nowhere, <laughs> like a responsible yeah. filmmaker. And I was like, <laughs> I fucking I'm, yeah. I stand for that. It's shit. The, I mean, for me, uh, like I said. I, Holy Grail is such a, it's also such a quotable movie. I think there's so it many. Is. I mean, the amount of times that Josh and I have turned to each other and just gone, it's only a model, is <laughs> uh, is is countless. And um, so I think as far as the movie goes, that's that's where you should start. I would agree with that. Josh? Meaning of Copy life. Paste. Meaning of life. <laughs> Meaning of life? I mean, yeah. I mean, that, I, mean, that I think it's an excellent. So. Like, I just think that it's like, it's kind of like a, it's almost like a throw you in the deep end of Monty Python kind of thing where it's just like fish. You, oh, fishy, so, and you fish. weren't expecting it all. At oh, least fish. for me, when I watched oh. Meaning of Life, it was part of my world cinema class. Mm. So like I knew I was watching films from different places. I had no so me, idea what to expect. Same. Same. But I was like, okay, cool. I'm watching something foreign. So I'm going to have to play by their rules. Yeah. And to me, that was like almost like the crash course of like, this is Monty Python. Get with the program or get the fuck out of the way. And I'm yeah. like, all right, for sure, I got you. And then I, I watch the other that. ones. Yeah. I'm like, all right, the, the first sketch of that movie is pretty telling. Uh, like one of my favorite jokes of probably all of Monty Python is is by Terry Jones in that in that scene where he's like, "This is the what does he say? Uh, this is the son of God, the King of Jews." 
And he's like, "It's a Capricorn, is it?" Yeah, oh, <laughs> Life of Brian. Yeah, like no, Life Brian, of Brian. Yeah. Like, no. yeah, yeah. Um, no, like uh, every sperm is sacred. Yeah, every mm-hmm. sperm is sacred. Oh, uh, oh, the the God. fish, like that. the fish thing, it's so silly. But like even to this day, when I'm saying morning to somebody, I'll go morning, 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 morning. morning. Oh. I'll say, how about this? We'll say this. If you if you want to crap, if you want to deep end this shit, you think you're ready for it, start with meaning life. If you want to dip your toe in a Monty Python, see if it's Fine for service. you. Holy grail. I'm talking about just oh, movies. Oh, just movies, movies. For sure. Yeah. Um okay. I, okay, also, again, another another remiss spam. Eggs, oh, spam, yeah. spam, bacon, spam, sausage, spam. and spam. I've spam dropping into the scene in the beginning. I will say this also. Yo, I love spam, y'all. I don't I care don't. what that anyone says. It's really good. I do I do know a lot of people that don't like spam. So I'm like, I get Tom it. Tom was like there fun. for this. Tom was there for this. I don't like spam cubes. I think yes. that's foul. But at my bachelor party, Tasty D Money, shout out oh, to yeah. cooked the, the slices of spam yes. on eggs. Yeah. yeah. And he spam grilled eggs. it so it was crunchy on the outside. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm into that. But yeah. the cubes, uh, it's a mouthfeel thing. I can't Have you had the Spam Musubi before? Yeah, I was going to say, you got a crispy it's Spam Musubi. So mm. good. It's the, it's the <laughs> shape. It's a mouthfeel. That's I can't fair. get by it. My, my body rejects it. Um, <laughs> That's all right. I, can I tell one more related like Monty Python story that's personal? No. No, absolutely, no, absolutely not. Yeah, this is an RS episode, not an RU episode. Cool. Please well, no, go ahead. Tell uh, us. When I was in uh, college, uh, you had to audition for the. If I I wanted to take this um, dialects class, and you had to come in with dialects already prepared. And that's one thing I will say about Monty Python is that the, yeah, sure, some of them are in a comedic level, but like they French. do help you <laughs> break into a dialect. Um, yes. But I was doing this audition for this dialect class, and she was like, "Well, what kind of?" dialects can you do and i was like well i can do monty python french <laughs> she she had me do my know. entire I could audition I could do brad pitt italian yeah. <laughs> but it's like you know the uh i am sorry i did not know he had the restless working year um yeah and that that was that when i do that kind of if i'm doing that silly french that's the phrase that i'll use i am sorry i did not know he had the restless working year and then I, I had to do my whole my whole audition monologue that is Wow. Totally not oh in French, God. and she was like, "Do it, Josh. You just unlocked a sketch I totally forgot about. Obviously, the guy eating too much paper thin mint. The, the mint uh, that's famous. Yeah, but the bit thing. after that, oh, Gaston, where you follow Eric Idle, yeah, <laughs> and well, he gets you. pissed. He's like, "Well, fuck you." <laughs> I was gonna say that after is like that's probably one of my favorite Monty Python moments. <laughs> He's leading you down this, and you're almost like, "What the fuck? Where's this going? Come on, where's this going?" And then, "Well, fuck you." This is yeah, mine. At the end of it. Yeah. <laughs> Get your own. Brilliant. Brilliant. Um, uh, and cool. we can round out the episode with um, this question. It's a little bit more of like a, a food for thought for our audience. Why do we think the pythons have permeated through the decades that they oh, have? I feel like we, we kind of covered that in the sense that they... I'm going to round out this episode and not say we have a question. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I'll... I'll I think I mean, it's, it's the same as Shakespeare and why he's lasted so long is a lot of the things they're playing on is just human. It's a it's a relatable it's about human interactions and and subverting them and I think that the situations that they create are still relatable today. Like if you were to go into 
a, a, a mattress shop, which everyone has a mattress. Uh, I don't. And, and I used you to were, not. You know what I'm talking about? Everyone knows what a mattress is. G- yep. Give me a break here. <laughs> yes. So uh, that's relatable. Suddenly having these guys say, oh, well, everything he says is times three. Oh, everything he says is divided by two. It's it's all these things that just as humans, we're going like, that's that's hilarious. That's great. It's, but also it seems I'm, absurd, but it, it's just barely less absurd than real life. And that like mm-hmm. you get to say and do the things that you that you would wish you could in real well, they life. Well, they don't they don't really wink at the camera. Yeah, they, com- they commit to those characters. They're not like yeah. I'm being silly now. Uh, it's was, a let's. This is really happening. It's like in this if this moment. was really yeah, I mean, happening, and that's kind of like the point. Uh, oh, I think improv is like where it's like you 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 find comedy and almost truth of like within the characters of the rules that they're playing within. Yeah. Like, what do the people do of the like funny Spanish Inquisition? They throw an old lady onto a very comfortable couch, and like, what do they find inside of that constraint? But yeah, also um, I think that what's important about it is that just to not take life too seriously. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. sometimes, I mean, just, I mean, I know that like it's a nod and, uh, and a wink, uh, the always look wink, on the wink, bright side of life. Well. Like I, I, it's kind of, I think in a way, a bed of everything. It's like, it really is like, just don't take life too seriously. There's, there's, yeah. there's funny everywhere. And everywhere, everywhere. I will say it definitely does manage to balance the, like what Caitlin said, like it's trying to talk about some things that you may not know of, um, but also bring to light some things that it could possibly be Um, Mm -hmm. in, in a way where it's like, you don't feel like it's trying to teach you too hard and you don't feel like they're trying to just like make you laugh for no reason. Like it's, it's masterfully done. Fucking A, why don't they have a goddamn masterclass? I'm seeing fucking stupid masterclasses left and right. They should have a fucking masterclass. <laughs> Just because yeah, their really work should. is a masterclass. Like, yeah, what, what kind of gets me yeah. that was surprising for me about watching more and more Monty Python is I went to college for studio art. So I had to study a lot of, I, I studied a couple different languages. I studied a lot of classical literature and art history. And... The more Monty Python I watch, the more I want to revisit those languages and revisit my art history. Like the way mm-hmm. that they play with things that you you already know about, but you don't know the specifics of. The way that they just play with subtlety is oh yeah. There's an like entire sketch precise. they wrote. There's an entire sketch they wrote where uh, it's all about the painting of the Last Supper. Uh, oh yeah, and Eric Idol is 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 the artist, and uh, I think um, Cleese is the cardinal, and it's just like it's it's based in it's all a lot of it's based in history, and they're not they don't care if you don't understand right that reference because they do and they think it's funny. No, yeah, I mean that, that's the thing. They've yeah. just they've really done their homework on everything, yeah. and and getting to understand the rules and then play with them is what mm-hmm. they they're just experts at. And then just yeah. throw the rules on the ground, yeah, and, and then stomp them, set it on fire, and then put them in a dumpster fire, and and then everything yeah. explodes. Yeah, I did have an epiphany during this episode though, when Corey was explaining about the mattresses and how why I think it's kind of defined why comedy is not always in my dialect. I fucking no no but all the time. <laughs> I don't yes what? and anything. I always oh. no yeah. but mm-hmm. all the time. That's because everything's an argument. Everything is always <laughs> the way that was said. Right? 
It's a, it's a, uh, yeah, I know. It's an outside conversation that I think Corey yeah. has had yeah, with Tom. Yeah. I've had with Tom. We'll have more in the green screen to discuss. Anyway, uh, <laughs> well, yeah, um, I think. I, 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 do, does everyone need to feel stop this getting way too silly? Yeah. Yes, <laughs> we're done. Nope, done. No uh, more. We're sorry. Your call cannot be completed as dialed. Please check the number and dial again, or call your operator to help you.